So the Baiju is saying that your school tuition teacher who, who basically is like two buildings away from you and charges like 3000 rupees is not really that good. So why don't you come to my app, which is way better and let me give you money for that. So where's the disruption? Where, like you are just substituting and disrupting the tuition industry. Let's be very clear about that. You're not doing anything about the learning. You're not doing anything about the, the rotten system that exists. Do listen to what Raj has to say. He operates in the space where his competition is just being busy raising funds. He's taking on their education system. Do find us and follow us on Spotify. Give me an introduction. How, why and why did you start Soul? I think from a very early age, right, right from when I was in school, I started recognizing that the current education system is boring and it's uh, not really something that fosters curiosity or even promotes it. And again, in school, I was, at least in my ninth standard, I was a very, very okay kid in studies. I really knew my stuff. I was just not excited about school as a whole. And 10th standard because, uh, you know, in India, it's critical, right, to get good marks. So that's when, you know, I got to it and I was like, okay, now that I need to score like crazy marks and stuff like that. So got got like a really good score, like top 10 of school and stuff like that. But I think that sort of dissatisfaction with the way education was continued into college. Weirdly, I, I did commerce and I did chartered accountancy. So BCom and CA. Why? So my father's a CA. So that, that was uh, essentially uh, like all the conversations were around being a CA and how being a CA is amazing and it's going to set my life and my life is going to be crazy after that. And so I was like, okay, cool, let's let me do CA and it sounds amazing. And thankfully, thank I, like, I thank God for this is that the moment I joined NM College, which is Nursing Monji in Bombay, I joined this festival called Lumang. And it was a college festival, right? And uh, I'm glad that I did that. It really opened the entire world up to me, right? So coming out of like school and suddenly joining like, and you know, like, like from, I, I did not have that much exposure as a kid. Uh, went to college, uh, joined Umang. That's where I started realizing that the world is very different from what I thought it was. It's very different from what the professors are saying in classes. And uh, none of this matters, right? And uh, especially in commerce, you don't really have to study that much because it's pretty basic. CA, on the other hand, was quite tough. And uh, that's where basically I, I started. Like, that was the first, I would say, dissatisfaction with the entire system, right? Like, chartered accountancy being one of the premier degrees. Toughest examinations. Yeah. Toughest examinations in the country. It was so ridiculous in the way it was set up and in the way it was conducted and the kind of curriculum that it had. It obviously gave you a lot of theoretical knowledge. Uh, some of it was practical as well. But essentially, it wasn't really, like, it, it wasn't meant for the new age. I'll give you an example uh, from Chartered Accountancy. We had an IT course. Now, obviously, given that it's an accountancy program, you're not expected to learn how to code and stuff. Uh, but the basics need to be in place, right? So I, I was reading up on that IT course and the definitions of things were completely wrong, right? So things like what is a fat server, what is a thin server? Like we had to actually answer what are the five kinds of printers that exist, right? So then you would write that there's a dolly printer and then there's like a dot matrix and then there's like an inkjet, right? And I was just like, what is happening? Like, why is there this? It's funny. You read the book and it's a different world. 
which does not exist in reality. Right? When you look at these two things together, you wonder that what's happening? This book is telling me something else, but the world is functioning in a completely different way. So what do I listen to? Do I listen to the books or do I listen to reality? And thankfully, I listen to reality. So, you know, right out of college, I joined, I think, Post Direct. I spent two years over there. Post that, we started like a tech startup, mostly around IoT and Wi-Fi networks. And that's where this problem hit home, right? Because we started interviewing like engineering graduates and engineers essentially to hire for our startup. And we realized that people didn't even know basics, right? So they didn't even know, they thought they knew it, which is worse, right? If you don't know something and you know that you don't know it, at least you will work towards it and understand it, right? But if you don't know and you don't even know that you don't know it, there's nothing that can be done about it. You are a lost cause. And this is what it was. Are you assuming everybody's as curious as you are? Absolutely not. I, I feel that the entire education system was designed to kill curiosity in a certain sense. And let's not get, I know that's a little, that's a hyperbole in a, in a certain sense. But by the way, before we get into that, how did you start coding? You are a chartered accountant, you're a commerce guy. I know yeah. you can code. Yeah. So I started coding when I was in like, fifth standard so my teachers were teaching to the class format and put like strikes in that letters and stuff and the school had amazing internet which at home was just dialed up at that time and uh, so i used to like just keep on searching things so one day i the went to the teacher and i said hey what i said listen i understand that other people might be finding this interesting but i'm really bored like i really don't want to create another word art right like i've used all word arts that exist so even she was also like, yeah, let me give him something that will challenge him in a certain way. And she said, why don't you read up about HTML? And that was like my first sort of introduction to programming. Okay, HTML is not programming, but that was my first introduction to like, you know, sort of writing some code and it becoming live. And that was mind-blowing. That was the first time I saw that uh, marquee text go from like right to the left of the screen. I was just in awe. I was like, this is magic. And this is something that's amazing. And that's why my, interestingly, I have had a very weird journey for learning programming because I started with HTML. So I used to do a lot of HTML, CSS, and then a little bit of JavaScript. Then I learned a lot of networking. So I learned all of this DNS, IP stack, and how to set up a server, and how to assign IP addresses, subnet mask, and stuff like that. Proper like web development, which was like Ruby on Rails, and JavaScript, and Node.js, and things like that. But uh, yeah, initially I started off with HTML, CSS, learned a lot of networking of how like, you know, internet works and how to set up a router and all of that. And then there was like web dev. So that's how I ended up learning programming. I think uh, also what helped a lot was that I really knew Excel well. And a lot of people don't give Excel enough credit, but Excel is as powerful as any coding language if you really understand it well. Because Excel also requires you to like work with write some scripts and stuff. So, you know, that also really helps you understand the logic of things. So I was already doing uh, like, like another funny incident is that I was attending this. So when you do chartered accountancy, right, there's a compulsory course that you need to do where they teach you Excel and Word and whatnot. So, and imagine I was already doing like, and I attended this session and uh, the, the, the professor is talking about how to sum a column. Right. And I'm just like, really, like, this is what we're talking about. So at one point, I just got up and I told her that, listen, she, she gave some example of uh, pivot tables, right? And she explained that this is how we do a pivot table, which was wrong. So I told her that I'm sorry, but you're wrong. So she said, what do you mean? How can I be wrong? 
I said, yeah, you are wrong. This is not how you run a pivot table. You are, you are going to get an error if you do this. And this was in a book, obviously. So she was like, no chance. So she ran it. Obviously, it, it did not work. So then she was like, so, I, and I did not realize this at that time because I was doing it for fun. But she used to make me take all classes of hers. Right. So she would come and sit on the side and she would tell me, okay, why don't you teach the class about like whatever's the next thing today? So, yes, that's how I came about programming. I think it's just curiosity in, in that sense. So like once you, I feel like I, once you have that, it's like once the trick behind the magic, like behind a magic trick, you know how it's done, right? The magic does not remain magic for you anymore. And I feel that applies to anything in life. Once you realize, like let's say if you, if you love movies, right? You just go and attend one, like, like go on the production set of one movie, right? The movies will never be the, never be the same for you. You will start like, you know, looking at it in a very different angle. You will start realizing that there's no magic. You will start realizing that this is just years and years of practice, which has led to creating this beautiful piece of art in a movie. I think for me that happened with businesses in a certain sense that happened with, uh, that happened with the way the world works as a whole. So I would always keep questioning that why does something work and why does something make money and why does something not? And the moment you start doing that, you automatically start learning a lot of things because it's a lot of these things are hidden in plain sight. It's just that we don't take the time out to look. That's it. I would say that most of the, the building blocks of let's say running a business or even learning a skill or just like thriving in this world is really just out there. You just need to look and read and watch and you will just learn it. You're right. So if at all, anybody who's curious, anybody who's motivated will learn from different sources. He'll probably pick up a book. He'll probably, thanks to the internet, he'll probably take a course in Coursera or probably watch a YouTube video, probably learn hands-on trying to build something. The university system is a controlled environment in a way there is a process, of course, not a great process, but a process set. There are parents involved, there are teachers involved, there is training involved. And whether you're motivated or not, for the wrong reasons, at least you'll end up finishing the course mm. and you'll end up getting a certificate which is a validation saying that it's ultimately nothing yeah i don't consider myself an engineer at all yeah. i have the certificate too but i did nothing yeah so the point being is going back to what you're saying that as long as anybody is curious he'll learn yeah. and he'll take it up but the assumptions with a lot of these edtech companies mm. is that everybody wants to learn coding yeah that's that's completely ridiculous that's not true at all and i'll tell you why there's a very legitimate reason for why the university system looks the way it looks. And now we are saying that it's a shit system in, in like so many words. And we are saying that it doesn't work. No, no, no. Yeah. I wasn't saying that. I'm trying to say that. I think it's slight. It is because it is a controlled environment. Yeah. These things have been running for ages. Mm. Uh, be it in a top you know, elite university such as Harvard and Stanford mm. and even the premium ones in our mm. country. They all have this format mm. of testing, grading, correct, and then moving on to yeah. the next year. There's a validation given at every quarter yeah. to everybody, yeah. to themselves, to parents, and which means there is a progress. Yeah. There is no real progress. It's all relative. When it comes to online education, there is no such pressure. Those forces don't exist. Just parents don't know what's happening. The teachers don't know what's happening. It, it relies on the sole motivation of the student to finish that course and probably do something with it. Do you want me to believe that everybody wants to learn how to code? All the guys signing up courses at Pete, Udemy, or all the top 
tech companies out here including yours all of them are equally motivated and they all are curious to learn and do well okay so that's cause and effect the cause is the system the effect is that people are not curious anymore uh, most of them that's like not I'm, I'm not generalizing but majority of people do not feel that curiosity or do not sustain that curiosity so let's look at the cause first and where did that come from the entire system the education system was built during the industrial revolution and the need for that we had a bunch load of farmers who knew how to like sow seeds and then reap the wheat and do all of agriculture related stuff but they did not know how to run and the world was moving towards machines and that's where the entire idea of literacy came up the reason why somebody needed to know how to write and read english was so that they could work on machines right now there are two things here firstly the way the system was designed in the most optimal way that people knew during the industrial revolution which is mass production so if you look at the entire education system it's like a it's it's a mass production uh, system and basically you basically have batches and batches go through different phases there are regular checks at each phase and then finally there's a finished product where you get like a certificate that is exactly how any assembly line works and uh, do regular checks put all of them through this entire in terms of batches and there's no like personalization there's no uniqueness none of it all of them are being taught the same thing and it made sense it made complete sense because we wanted a lot of people who knew how to what's and one of the things that you need to do when you're creating a system like this is that you can't really encourage curiosity you don't want somebody going to a machine and then thinking that hey what what will happen if i press this red button right you don't want that you want to tell them that listen you can never press the red button so you better only press the green button or the blue button in whatever way and that has the roots of this entire like uh, western education system as i would like to call it started in during the early industrial revolution and that has evolved into what we have right now also there are two aspects to education uh, people usually don't understand this one is the skilling and verification of skills part which helps you to earn a livelihood the other extremely important aspect is research right like so today universities like harvard stanford yale iit all of them right they are they are doing a lot of research which is as critical as like credentialing students and giving them a degree right now this entire system when it was ported to let's say india during like the british raj what what ended up happening is that we created a system for the lowest common denominator right and as a country again very few people realize this but even today this is as of 5 years ago right 60% i think approximately 60 65% of our population still lives in villages right that's a massive number if you look at uh, 130 crores that's you're looking at almost like 70 crores of people maybe more than that still living in like 80 90 crores still living in villages so your entire education system is optimized for the lowest common denominator because you want somebody who's living in this remote village in let's say andhra pradesh somewhere to also understand the same subject and pass the exact same exam that somebody who's living in let's say pedder road in bombay also passes right and that's the core problem of this entire situation it's that it's not personalized it's one size fits all which leads to this entire idea of let me just buy hard stuff and write it on a piece of paper and get done with it which is you are you are incentivizing people to actually just give you monkey behavior 
so essentially and and she can't think about this right how many times in a school have you heard from your tuition teacher or your father or like you know let's say or your parents or like let's say your teachers or let's say like your friends maybe right where they will come and say ki listen don't question just write what the teacher is asking you don't question this don't question that why do i need to do this and why do i need to do that and why do i need to show working in my maths exams right is just do what is being asked to do so that you can get 10 on 10 and that is what kills curiosity in the first place that is where you have started to kill curiosity like i'll give you a very interesting example here my brother right when he joined so junior senior kg you don't have exams and first standard there were exams so one one fine day very very it's a very interesting very i would say innocent question that he had so he came up one day and he asked my parents and me that he's like what's an exam now was like an exam is this thing where you go and write answers and he's uh, you will get some marks so it's okay cool so he's like i'll just go write answers and come back and it doesn't matter so then we have to explain to him that no 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 you have to write the right answers so he's like what will happen if i don't write the right answers so then my parents told him that then you won't get marks and you won't come first and your friends will score higher than you so my brother was like so great it's great if my friends score higher than me right it's great why it, it makes why not i'll be happy for my friends and we actually had to explain to him that no that's not how it works you need to score the highest you need to write the right answers marks is extremely important etc etc right and that is imagine first standard kid you have to sit down to him and explain to him that listen you cannot use your brain you cannot get creative with this stuff you have to write exactly the answer that is expected of you and then we question why is there no curiosity it's obvious why there's no curiosity in this world because we've killed it we've killed it starting day 1 of school at least in the system that we have right now and imagine this is you and i are talking from a place of privilege right and a place of massive privilege i would say like we would classify as like the top half percent maybe or 1% of the total population in the country very clearly so imagine what happens when you go like to the bottom 10 percentile of the population and imagine what are they reading and how are they coping with this so i think you are absolutely right when you say ki there is no curiosity i think it is like one of the things and i'll tell you this is one of um, i don't remember that gentleman's name but very knowledgeable very like he was he, he owned about like some if i'm not wrong like 27 28 patents in like the entire networking space uh, a genius guy for sure like he was one of those people who spent a lot of time in research just researching and he's he owned some really critical patents by the way so i spoke to him about soul and i told him so he said okay why do you want to do soul right like one of the first questions he asked was why do you want to do and i said see i just want people to get curious and i want people to be makers i want people to start creating stuff i don't want them to be like code monkeys and the the thing that he told me and that is one question that i've been thinking about forever now and i'm still trying to find an answer to that question which is very similar to what you mentioned also and that's how i remembered that is he said see raj if somebody is extremely curious they will find out the things that they want to find out so they don't need you they don't need soul or something like so i said yeah fair enough so i said okay i'll go after the people who are not not curious right so is somebody who's not curious is never going to get curious so what's the use of them coming to you right and that was interesting because then then i started thinking i said yeah shit that also makes sense like that makes sense in this you know that okay if somebody does it's like in hindi we have a saying right that if the buffalo does not want to drink water what's the point of taking it to the lake so it's similar to that 
but i think i truly believe and in my experience i think i've been proven right in in like pockets is that you can actually bring back that curiosity you actually can do that it it takes effort it takes a lot of effort it takes a lot of effort on the person's part more than like the teacher or the system or the education like entity institute right but it can be done i think inherently humans are curious extremely curious i would say and it does not take much to reignite that curiosity but it's tricky it's not straight forward and the second thing is right there's so much so baggage and there's so much social pressure not pressure but i would say influence in a certain sense that most people don't even need to get curious you know what i mean if you're not curious in life now you will still do well like you might not do extremely well you might not do do might not launch the next year you might not yeah you might not do well to your potential or you might not do yeah absolutely you might not do well to your potential but you will do well enough like you will at least float through life you will still have a loving family and you will still like go to the movies every weekend and you know have kids and whatever but right but it's so it's it's not really a bare requirement you know like imagine in a world where instead of money we use knowledge as the default currency then you would be forced to learn. like you would be forced to get curious but there's no incentive for that there's no incentive the only incentive is that oh you can become way better than what you are but some people are satisfied with where they are and what they are and you don't even need that curiosity so i think yeah like when you think of edtech and we were talking about that uh, when we started this conversation off right if you look at let's look at the major edtech players in india right now and let's look at your so that that basically will be your byju's and academies of grads of the world like these three i can think of right away you know who are like huge like close to unicorns or unicorn level already what are they fueling they're fueling the tuition industry they are not fueling the education industry they are not they are not substituting colleges they are fueling the existing system so the byju's is saying that hey you know what your the the college uh, sorry the school tuition teacher Who, who basically is like two buildings away from you and charges 3000 rupees is not really that good so why don't you come to my app which is way better and let me give you money for that the same applies to any other an academy same thing like you are going after quota classes iitje classes ias classes so where's where's the disruption where's the innovation like you are just substituting and disrupting the tuition industry let's be very clear about that you are not doing anything about the learning you are not doing anything about the the rotten system that exists like like this entire like the entire problem of there was this example recently where they opened up the job role for a pun in for a pun in i think some government office in i don't remember which state it was but yeah basically they opened up like there were two positions that they opened up for the role of a pun and there were like some 3 and a half lakh applications 3 and a half lakh applications for two postings the highest like the highest education over there which people have applied with was phd there were mbas who have applied there are engineers so is like the like you know is is a very common thing yeah obviously because all these engineers all these mba graduates i think less than 3% to 2% of them are skilled you know exactly and they will apply for these roles because they have to survive correct so getting back what i was trying to say is all these coding courses obviously there is a it boom in india and everybody is hiring there is a market and you just everybody is jumping into it because they'll find a livelihood which is better than being a pure correct now you're not catering to the top 
Absolutely not. You're not telling me that you're trying to cater to the bottom, not even bottom percentile, right? No, I, mean, I would say bottom, I would say tier two, right? So like tier B, yeah, well, around like 10 to 40 percent in like 40 percentile, yeah. Right. You're hmm. in, yeah, where they can afford lakh or two, at least. Yeah, yeah. The top, because the bottom 10 cannot afford. Yeah. Yeah, now you're looking at mindsets, you're understanding if these guys have any growth mindset and then you mm. speak to them and then mm. you enroll them mm. and the processes that you have set in your company. Is it yeah. working? Okay, so let's start with firstly what we saw and how it has evolved. Like we do, and you know this, right? We do a test for like growth mindset, fixed mindset to figure out which which sort of where you are trending towards. Uh, broadly, I think about 15% on an average will be in growth mindset or trending towards growth mindset, which is not surprising at all, by the way. So 85% of your people are still in the fixed mindset, right? So who you still think that I cannot get better, who still think that change is not required, who still think that you know, my capability is defined by the way, like how I was born and where I was. And uh, so that's the ratio, 15 is to 85, right? Now, the thing is that when you're trying to build an organization which is revolving, which is trying to get people to get curious in a certain sense, you need to ensure that the mix is good. So let's say in a cohort of 20, if you have 16 people who are in growth mindset and four who are in like trending growth or fixed, right, that's still okay. Because the four will convert to growth mindset eventually. Because just because of like your peers and like how they are interacting and stuff like that. But if I were to make that ratio 10-10, right, it will never work. It will never work. The 10 people who are in growth mindset will actually come in fixed mindset. It's that strong, right? So like that that being in fixed mindset is that strong. It's because that's default, right? That's status quo. It's comfort for us. We go back to that very easily. So the idea here, Sriram, is that see, you start by creating a program that caters to this 15% and gradually you keep on lowering the bar, right? So that over time it becomes like this program which anybody can pick up and learn on. That's the idea. That's for the, that's for the scale purpose also. That's for the scale purpose also. And see, I, I truly believe that in education, a scale is just the impact that you can create, right? So like literally it's directly proportional in that sense that the higher you scale, the more impact you are creating, especially when you're trying to create like a skilling program. In the revenue you're also making. In the revenue that you, I'm making, obviously. Like that's, by the way, that's a very, I know it's, it's tangentially heard, but that's one of the unpopular opinions that I have. Which, I, which, which is basically that if you want to create any kind of impact in this world, you have to start an organization that makes money. Otherwise, you won't be able to create it. It's, it's impossible. Like your, your not-for-profits are never going to change this world. It's a myth and people have bought into that myth. I don't understand why. Yeah, it's, it's, the guys who run non-profits make a lot of money. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's, That's it's, it, yeah. Employees are getting screwed. Yeah. They don't realize it. Yeah. And, and the time they realize it, they want to become... Yeah. Non-profit entrepreneurs. It's funny. If you want to make money, join a not-for-profit. If you want to like change the world, start a company. <laughs> People would assume it's the opposite, but not really. So yeah, I was just talking about, so that's the idea, right? So you start with, because see, the other thing is with, with education, you need to sort of prove your outcomes. So again, because it's as a business, I need to show that like, see, today we could like do away with this entire filter, take all of them on. But then that comes at a cost. If all of them were paying us, that was great. Right. But then that that is another filter that comes into the picture. And, and we run an income share agreement program. So we have to be conscious of the people who will take this and consume resources. Are they going to end up getting jobs? That is also not that simple because 
it's a moving target so you need to continuously update your curriculum to match like what companies want so it's it's like too many moving pieces and you're trying to optimize each of this so at that time to at least let's say at least i would say till the first 5000 or 10000 learners we would still be looking at a filtered audience and that would give us a lot of insights into ki theek hai now let's see ki how do i take somebody who's in an absolutely fixed mindset and let's see how do i get them to even how and that's not going to be easy because this comes from a lot of preconceived notions which have set in right and beliefs which are like so deep rooted that you can't really shake them off over let's say four weeks so maybe that might be a much deeper like let's say with build we are trying to do that with build we are trying to say that okay let's start having this conversation in the first year itself so that by the time they are in the fourth year you already know these things and you have already inculcated all of this into them and and you've done you've obviously done some sessions with soul and you know what i'm talking about right like how difficult it is to just get them to break away from this acha give me the no i'll just write it in the exam mindset right very difficult yeah Un- unlearning of 12 years or 15 years almost yeah 16 years 16 years of just yeah. writing exams in and out and just rote learning and puking it yeah it's So that's the thing. You start with somewhat malleable people, I would say, in that sense, who who know that okay, I want to get better, who have that want, and then gradually, like little by little, just water it down. Is is what my understanding is as of now. Obviously, we'll figure out as we grow this and we see more people. But yeah, that's what it is. Right now, looking at your competition, let's say Newton is your competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company called which starts with M. Uh, Masai. Masai. Yeah, Masai. Right. Masai is your competition. And how are you different from these two? I'm not even talking about the regular academy. And uh, I think uh, the way I would say it is that all the others are technology boot camps, but we are in we are building an alternative system of learning. So while they are trying to just look at it from the lens of which you which is exactly what you said the market wants a lot of coders let's teach coding to everybody we are coming more from a point of view of that this country needs a much better education system especially a higher education system so how do we build that how do we create that bridge from uh, you know it's like theory of change right you have an existing system you want to move all of them to a new system right you can't do that by fixing the current system or by even putting like support systems to the current system it won't work you have to create a new system which is way yeah. better and then people But switch i agree with what you're saying but the problem i see is that these guys who come uh, or join these edtech companies which includes yours they join because they didn't understand anything in their college and they couldn't get a job on their own mainly because they couldn't get a job on their own the pressure is always there that we have to do something yeah, yeah, to get a job and that something becomes narrow and uh, narrow and uh, and narrower and then you end up doing what you you know what everybody does uh you fall in the trap of trying to do yeah. something to get a job you're not trying to learn and yes. that you are solving you're trying to solve a problem in a way which doesn't exist but it exists it does exist you're trying to change the system and it is for the it is required at this moment but don't you think it's a really a hard problem for you to solve at this moment it is yeah it's it's definitely a really hard problem to solve i would say not 
because of the covid uh, because of the situation because of circumstance everybody's jumping onto the edtech bandwagon everybody what my servant maid was asking if i have an extra laptop for her second child because uh, everybody's trying to learn something in the same system there was an investor once he was a smart guy and very scandalous guy with oh but he just he did tell me all the universities are going to fall because mm-hmm. for them to scale they have to build more buildings they have to break more bricks and it's not going to happen and yes there were all the universities have started satellite outposts uh, one building universities all that happened but ultimately even a university like harvard had to come online yeah appealing to the masses and yeah. uh, and you pay a premium price to join their course unlike other universities online but it's happening at tech it is. this is the way to go but but again there are different ways and everybody is offering different kinds of content at the end of the day and i truly believe if it's the curious guy who will get the most out of anybody and absolutely yeah yeah but i i also like what you said where you said you know what let's try inculcating the growth mindset uh, because we are born with a growth mindset it's the system that have that has screwed us up but you do also have some i won't say clients but students from abroad right they do take your course and but they are not part, they were not part of the indian university system yeah how do they react to what you're teaching the same way yeah they did react in the same way so broadly the countries where we have had people from is uh, nigeria kenya afghanistan majorly and uh, i think indonesia is one i don't remember though but yeah broadly uh, what i'm trying to say is that we haven't really till now we haven't really had people from let's say europe or united states to do this program this message would definitely resonate way more with them because they already used to like a learn by doing kind of an education system so yeah for us the reactions were similar because like somebody coming from afghanistan or even let's say nigeria or kenya is they could they've come from similar systems or similar socio economic backgrounds at least also there's there's another thing that i would like to say here and just going back to the previous point that we were talking about see teaching anybody any skill is extremely difficult right and people don't want to do that when i say people don't want to do that the student does not want to do it the institute does not want to do it the founder also does not want to do it because it's and that's why let's say models like uh, recording videos and distributing it to a million people work way better than models let's say newton masayoras for that matter right because let's say even for me or competition either way you can't onboard like 100000 people tomorrow right because at the end of it you are answering in terms of jobs and if you can't train them you can't really place them and if you can't place them you don't exist essentially so i think this shift right is is what is interesting i think this shift is going to start that transition from the current system to the new and it won't happen overnight it will take about 5 to 10 years uh, especially with the nep kicking in and like the new nep and hopefully they will implement all the recommendations but if that happens right then we are going to see a tectonic shift in the way the entire country works it's not just because i want to say one point here is that think of what the education system does to your companies imagine you've spent 16 years gaming a system because that's what we all do let's be honest about it if we have to submit a project we go to the local copy machine guy and we tell him care give me the project i'll pay you 1000 bucks right and we submit the same project and get marks for it so somebody who's come out of this system 16 years of gaming the system continuously 
joins a job and games the job system so just does just enough so that the manager does not really give him a demotion or like not an appraisal but at the same time not enough to like actually grow and i'm talking about majority i'm not talking about like the outliers right majority of them are used to this idea of i just need to do enough like why should i give like that half an hour extra in whatever i'm doing maine to mere boss ko pata ke rakha hai that's a very common thing right yeah i i am on good terms with my like reporting manager so i don't need to work this attitude comes from the college system or like the education system before that because you have been trained to like game it all this while so that is what needs to change and with the nep the 10 standard marks going away 12 standard marks going away the marks going away as a whole right and being substituted by like uh, subject based evaluation will definitely change hiring as we know it forever because right now also when you're hiring somebody most companies in india will look at 10th and 12th standard marks as the base check because that gives you like a really strong signal because eventually it's about signaling education is about six. so it will it will basically the 10th and 12th standard marks are really strong signals now imagine i just remove them one day right and instead of that i tell you that hey raj did not really score 80% or whatever 90% right but raj is good at speaking and he is decent at coding and he knows has some logical skills imagine how will people evaluate this you will have to change systems across the board like companies will have to rewrite their entire hiring process incorporate these changes in the evaluation system in the school and this is proposed in the nep which is bound to happen at some point so yeah. i'll tell you i'll tell you another story hmm. right for me i failed in physics hmm. chemistry hmm. and biology hmm. i see i see i i was not supposed to get a pass certificate the system is so screwed up that they club these three subjects into one and said this guy failed in science but he passed in upw huh so as long as he passes in five subjects out of six yeah he's passed they gave me a pass certificate and then i went on went ahead and taken science in, in my 11th standard that also happened i submitted that pass certificate then they accepted it yeah and that continued that shit thing continued you know for a good amount of time yeah. so the system is also screwed up you can game it you're right mm-hmm. the same pattern continues the same behavior continues and any kind of change that people expect from you you won't yes absolutely yeah and ultimately what's happening you're gr- growing mediocrity exactly that's what you're doing exactly and you are like fueling mediocrity and that that leads to all kinds of things which people don't realize that leads to all kinds of shit that happens in like you know a nation or a world as a whole if you consider individually yeah. you are leading a pathetic lifestyle you are you are not achieving yeah, all the absolutely. dreams that you had that's not going to happen you are sloppy in one thing you will be sloppy in every parts of your life and that's the behavior mm. that's exactly the behavior the universities or the school system have cultivated for the majority of the people yeah and yeah that even if you talk about the major iit institutions or premium institutions yeah. it's the outliers it's a top 1% within those universities who actually go and excel well yeah. the rest are again falling okay. behind and they're slightly better but it's still there yeah absolutely you know like 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 sorry i'm just uh, like one point i want to make here is that like most people and this is a harsh statement but i think again it's true is that most people right die without making even an iota of an impact on this world forget this world 
like even on their like locally like it doesn't matter like nobody it, it doesn't matter whether they lived or they not or they did not you know what i mean like in the broader scheme of things again that comes from mediocrity is what i'm trying to say right it comes from like that idea of like pursuing mediocrity it's not about just being mediocre okay mediocre great i can get better and right but people don't realize they are they are pursuing it willfully consciously saying yeah let me like and they are celebrating it which is even worse but yeah that was a point that i wanted to make yeah <laughs> going ahead raj now i you're trying to raise your next round very soon yeah okay all right so uh, what's the scenario what's the funding scenario like you've been funded in the past you raised your family no no i've raised like a pre series a i would say for okay now we're closing pre uh, series a round kind of yeah that's what we're looking okay. at hmm. okay. okay and that's going to be completely you're going to invest that kind of money into tech or scaling i think it's uh, primarily into tech and learning research those two things broadly i would say again to like launch new programs target new segments make the tech more robust and stuff like that also i just want to say one thing shiram here is that yeah while i'm raising around and you know we are looking for money and all of that one of the key things that i've been focusing on for let's say the last uh, about 6 months now is and i think we've had some conversations about this is just ensuring that the company gets to default the life right so that's one of the things where and again i would like to say this is 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 a is a thing where i think i was thinking very wrongly about especially in in this like unicorn frenzied world right where everybody is raising like gazillion dollars it's very easy to assume that everybody needs to just keep on raising all the time and we right. tend to forget that at the end of it it's still a business at right. the end of it it still needs to make money at some point to be valued basically and people will always quote the amazon example right and say yeah but amazon makes a loss but that's not true that's not absolutely true by the way amazon makes a lot of money in a lot of businesses and some of the businesses makes a loss and then that's offset and the fact like when you take when you make money and reinvest it back into the business that's not making a loss amazon right? is the modern day hedge fund man it has multiple businesses and exactly them, yeah yeah but people use that example to say ki are but amazon is a loss making company they don't realize that it's not right it makes a shit ton of money cash yeah so just wanted to say that while like and and the world celebrates raising funds and yeah rightly uh, what they don't know is the pressure of these investors makes you yeah. do things which you don't want to do and you end up becoming the same institution which you didn't want to be so exactly. i'm sure uh, everybody the byjus or an academy have started out in do, saying we'll do some great things and mm. they ended up becoming what they are because okay. of the kind of money they've taken so yeah. uh, this is completely my opinion but, but anyways yeah no absolutely i'm sure they've made some kind of trade offs at some point especially and it could be like in vision or whatever but they definitely did but yeah i just want to say that it's i have been focusing on making this business default alive which basically means that i'm making more cash every month than i'm burning right then i'm like then it's a different game all because then right. you are like okay now let's scale this up and then your like your negotiation becomes very different a lot of things change so you have the leverage completely in exactly the- and yeah. more than that i think it fine tunes your models really well right because to make money you really need to do everything right like money can hide a lot of flaws for a really long time right but when it comes crashing down it will all come crashing down yeah that's another thing that i wanted to talk about that's those are the two focuses before i end the conversation uh, i know you're constantly hiring is there a process i know you hire a lot of cool people 
and like you but most of the people you've hired initially uh, have stuck with you. yeah uh, and there's a reason for yeah. that when i used to work with you one of the reasons i used to enjoy talking to all of them mm. and and is there a process that you follow is there a mindset that you look for mm. is there credentials i'm sure you don't care about where they studied do you yeah what is it you're looking for how do people reach out to you if they want to work with you if they want to work with so you can just sort of write to any of us uh, we call find us on angel that's where we post all our job roles whichever ones are open like they get you there and or just write to me to it to me either way but yeah that talk thinking about what we look for i think um, I think broadly what we look for and I think this has worked really well and you must have seen this in almost everybody who's there at Seoul is the ability to accept that you are wrong right the moment somebody has that that's it that's all you need because once everybody wants to get better as my assumption at least nobody slacks because they you know just want to slack nobody wants to get worse like consciously very few people i guess maybe like an exception would want to consciously get worse right but i think a lot of times what ends up happening is that people don't get better because they don't realize that they are not getting better or they don't realize that i'm not growing so when somebody has that humility or that self awareness to know that you know okay i was wrong and this is this is something that i need to fix i think that's a very strong signal in the fact that this person is going to grow tremendously over their life irrespective of whether they are at soul or not yeah i think that's one of the key things that we look for i would say in various ways but yeah cool thanks for your time raj sure great conversation it was great talking to you shriram this was fun i really enjoyed it i enjoyed it too yeah all right thank you take care